0: Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Everyday Church. We are a body of believers in Oklahoma City with the mission to live out our faith on a daily basis. Let's listen in as we hear a powerful message from God's Word. As we continue our series today, I'm not the perfect parent. I want to put an emphasis on the parent that Uh, has an older kid or older children or even possibly you have maybe a child or two or three or four or however many that have kind of gone astray, maybe gone down the wrong path. And uh, I'm hoping today that today as a parent that you would be filled with some practical application, but that you would also be filled with grace and you'd be filled with love and encouragement. And even if you're in this room today and you have younger kids, this could be uh, applicable down the road, okay, in the future. And so I want you to take spe- uh, special attention today to what we're talking about. Even take great notes. We don't have a handout, but if you want to use a, an electronic device or the Connect card or whatever, I think there's some real practical tips that could help uh, you And no matter what season of parenting that you might be in, even if that's in the future for you. I hope you're encouraged today. I know parenting is tough. You know parenting is tough. I can remember moving to Mississippi in 1999. This was the first time single adult. Uh, this incredible man of faith, this pastor hired me to come be uh, the youth pastor as my first full time ministry position uh, as the youth pastor. And, and man, I was in awe of the godliness of this pastor. But I did notice that even for this godly pastor, incredible family, that that he had two older kids and and one was living for Jesus and one wasn't. And it just always kind of baffled me that that somehow, some way that you could have the godliest of parents and one kid could be one way and and another kid could be another way. And, And there's just so much really that is out of our control that we can't force to happen. We just do the best that we can and so today, I hope that you are encouraged, but I also hope that you really lean in and listen to some. I think some practical helps that we can find in Scripture, and then also that we'll just talk about that can help us down the road. But today, I want to focus on the idea that there's still time, because I know that just even bringing up the subject that for some people it brings a lot of heartache, it brings a lot of pain, it brings a lot of strife because of a child maybe that has gone the wrong way or is right now in the midst of making bad decisions. And some parents live with a lot of guilt. They live uh, with a lot of regret. And there's mixed emotions that come with hearing this because there's pain. But I want you to know there is still time for help and there is still time for healing. There's plenty you can do and there's nothing God can't do. I want to jump right into the scripture today. So if you have a Bible, I would love for you to find Proverbs 23. If you're using an app, great. Or if you brought a copy of God's word, Proverbs 23 is where we're going to be. We're going to read several verses out of Proverbs 23. A lot of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is practical wisdom. However, there's uh, many times you'll see my son, my son, my son, or it is written my child, my child, my child. And the essence of Proverbs is basically kind of like a dad in many situations on the edge of the bed, just trying to pour wisdom into their child And, and really just trying to have a heart to heart. It's It's not a lot of finger pointing. It's just a lot of practical wisdom. If you would do this, life would be so much better. It's painting this picture. Like, here are some things to avoid, and here are some things to do. And it's this loving father that's trying to encourage their child in the path to take. And that's really going to be our focus. Two different paths. One is just a, a different path. Let me put it that way. And then another path is completely the wrong path. I want to look specifically at those two ideas, those two paths. One's just a different path, and one is completely the wrong path. So we're going to jump right into Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. It says, My child, listen. Okay, Listening is very key in the whole process of gaining wisdom. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should listen twice as much as you speak. Any parent ever tell you that before? Okay, that's very important. I tell my kids all the time. You got two ears for a reason. Listen more than you're talking. And Proverbs 23 says, My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Some of your translations say right path. And that's the idea be on the right path. That's what we want our kids, where we want them to be on the right course, the right path. Verse 20 do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons. We know clearly from Scripture, understand this, there's no ambiguity with this, drunkenness and gluttony are sins. And when you think about these two sins, we're going to see in the text today, it's very clear that that the dad is saying, not just don't do those sins, which that's a big deal, they're sins. We should avoid sin. Proverbs has a lot of, of wisdom about avoiding sin, but it even goes deeper than that with the dad basically saying, don't hang around with people like that. Because if you hang around with people that are in the sin, not just avoid that sin, don't even be around the people that are currently in that sin because there's repercussions. There are effects, there are results that come out of that sin that's going to be a problem for you. That's why a parent would would say, no, no, don't don't do it, don't do drugs. We've heard the slogan and it's been out there, but it's not just don't do drugs. Don't be around that group that's doing that. And this is important for a mom and dad, and that's why they annoy the child when the child wants to go out somewhere and they're asking questions. Important question, what are you doing? Where are you going? All right, they're trying to get the the 411 on what's happening. But probably the most important question that they could ask is, who will you be with? Because depending on who you're with, you might start somewhere in the night and end up somewhere else because of the group that you're associating yourself with. Okay, Proverbs is saying, don't join those people that are constantly into the party. Why? Look at verse 21. For they are on their way to poverty. And too much sleep clothes them in rags. Okay, so look, drunkenness, gluttony, sin. But what you have to understand, too, is that these sins represent laziness. They represent a lack of self-control. And in laziness and a lack of self-control that keeps you from doing the work that God created you to do. It keeps you from, from stepping into the responsibility God has given you. It keeps you from being the person God has created you to be because you are you have a lack of self-control, because you're lazy. You're not doing the right thing. The one looking constantly looking for the party. Those people are hungover. They're not productive. They're, they're not productive at work, at life. The one who can't say no to food, is going to suffer the effects in their daily lives. And it's gonna be a hindrance to be all that they could be. So there is a general sentiment here. Don't get around people like that that are gonna keep you from meeting God's purpose, that are gonna help you become lazy, that are gonna help you lose your self-control where you can't handle responsibility. And not that you're necessarily doing those things, that you're just even around those people that are doing those things. One of my favorite verses of all time, I've shared it probably many times, I, I, I'm sure, I don't know how many or when, but Proverbs thirteen twenty. you need to know this for yourself, you need to know this for your kids. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. What this proverb is teaching us is that if you just associate with the wise, you hang out, that's who you are like carousing with, to use the opposite of what verse 20 said in Proverbs 23. But here in, in, in Proverbs thirteen twenty, if you would just associate yourself with the wise, the effect of that, the causes you with the wise, the effect is you're going to reap wisdom. You're actually going to gain that in those situations. You're going to become wise. But if you get around the wrong people, it isn't that you just become foolish. It says if you associate with a fool, you're going to suffer harm. So the consequence isn't that you just become foolish, it's that there's actual harm that can come your way. And so it's vital for you and, and for your kids, for you in this room, let's just put it this way, or watching on Facebook Live or listening on the podcast, you need wise people in your path. Because if you've got the wrong people in your path, you're gonna suffer harm. It's not just gonna get a little dumb. It's not that you're just gonna become foolish. Harm is the consequence to being on the wrong path with the wrong people. Now, back in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22, listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother when she is old. It reminds me of what my dad used to say. I brought you into this world and I'll take you out. Y'all, y'all have had that phrase before. I think all our dads were in the scripture right here. They had read this verse, listen to your father who gave you life, right? And, and they learned that saying from the Bible or Bill Cosby, either one. But You can't really say Bill Cosby jokes anymore because that name is just so tarnished, so sorry for that. But I think I first heard Bill Cosby use a bit where he used that joke. But for our kids, okay, we want them to know, love your father, listen to your father. And then the end of verse 22, don't despise your mother. When she's old, listen to our father, don't despise our mother. Then verse 23, get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. Now, this is important, verse 23. Get the truth, never sell it. It's invaluable, right? Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. See, for our kids, we don't want them to just avoid the people that are into the party and not spend time with those who choose drunkenness and being and gluttonous. That's not the whole idea of this. We want them to avoid that, but there's, it goes more than that. There's action that needs to take place. We want our kids to pursue truth. We want to pers- want them to pursue faith. That We want to, them to, pur- to pursue wisdom. We want them following the Lord Jesus Christ. So it isn't just the end all be all. Don't be around the partyers. No, let's also lean in and pursue what truth is. Let's seek the Lord. Let's know who Jesus really is. Verse 24, the father of godly children, Has cause for joy. See, Dad, you've been saying amen a lot in this series. That would have been the one for amen. Jesus, can't get a break. Every verse about a bad kid, he's like, amen. Amen. The father of godly children has joy, and he's like, "Mm, chirp, chirp. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. Verse 25, so give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. Young people, young adults in the room, okay? Listen, choosing the right path, being on the right path is one of the best ways you can honor your parents. It's going to bring joy to them. It's going to bring happiness to their lives. And many of you are there today. You you are proud of your kids. Some of your adult children, older kids, are doing really well. They're pursuing the Lord. They're taking responsibility for their family, and so we rejoice with you. Uh, As a faith family, that's important. Man, we rejoice with you. That's a big deal because it does bring a lot of joy. Man, that's a game changer for parents with older kids. That brings a smile to your face. It makes your heart warm. There's not a whole lot better than knowing, hey, my kids love Jesus. That's going to bring joy to your mom and dad. But we also know in this room there's some parents that that's not happening. And so we weep with you, too. We rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep, because we know that hurts, too. We know that can be painful, and we know it can be sad. And today, listen, I'm praying with you, because you need to be praying even right now. I'm praying with you, in the name of Jesus, God would give your family a breakthrough. I'm praying right now, in the name of Jesus, God would give your family a breakthrough. I like how this verse mentions, may she who, at the end of 25, may she who gave you birth be happy. Occasionally, we need to remind our kids, hey, listen, mama went through a whole lot for you. You better love your mama, right? There's, a, there's some pain associated with that child. Any, any ladies want to say amen that got kids? Listen, yeah, and so we remind our kids, listen, hey, mama went through a whole bunch for you. You better love your mama. It, we, I think we've said it too much. Izzy, when, when, I think we even go there a little bit about one day maybe having a family. Izzy will not go there. She's like, I'm not having kids. It's gonna hurt. And we're like, I use that to my advantage. Yeah, you're right, Never. It'll change, I'm sure. Verse 26, oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. A prostitute is a dangerous trap. A promiscuous woman is as dangerous as falling falling into a narrow well. Okay, now we're moving from the destruction of drunkenness and gluttony to choosing a life of sexual sin. We see here going with the adulterous woman or or the, the promiscuous woman or seductress is near fatal. It could take you out. It can ruin your life. And that's why mom and dad are on the edge of the cliff saying, no, no, they jump in front. No, danger ahead. You do not want to go this way. You've got to trust me. Don't go down this path. Verse 28, she hides and waits like a robber, eager to make more men unfaithful. And sometimes it's like, what can a parent do? She's hiding, waiting like a robber. Listen, as much as we want to, we cannot stop every temptation out there. We really can't. As a parent, I, I wish we could, but the reality is we can't. It's impossible to stop every temptation out there that lurks. There's always wrong paths tempting our kids. And so we, rep- we prepare our kid for the path. We can't prepare the path for the kid. We talked about this last week, and that's so vital for us to understand there's a wrong path out there that is beckoning, that is calling our children. And Of course, we want to do what we can, but we must prepare our kid as best as possible. But I want to pause here for a second because it, there's some clear-cut wrong paths out there. But I think it would be smart for us to say, Wait, hang on. Some parents think just because their child isn't doing everything like they did, when they were younger, or even how they would do it today, that their, their child is on the wrong path. That, not, that might not be true. It might just be a different path. There's a big difference between the wrong path that is clear-cut in Scripture, this is sin, as opposed to, hey, they're just doing it different than you did. They're on just a different path. I want to give you an example. I want you to look at this picture. It's funny that some of you immediately, a, a different emotion was felt looking at this picture. Some of you look at it in the same picture, but you have completely different interpretations. It's just this young man and, and young uh, woman, okay, adult man, adult woman. And I want you to pretend that this is your child, whether you have younger children that have grown up or, or this is uh, your older and, and this is your grown child. And maybe for you, you would look at this picture and think, man, they, 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 I bet they've chosen different values. They've, they've chosen a different path than I would want them to take. Maybe they don't buy the cars you'd want them to buy. Maybe they don't work a job like you would want them to work or to have. Or maybe they have more tattoos or more piercings than you would like. And some of you are like, oh, no, no, no. I can't even think that that would be my child. Oh, no. And then you look at our drummer and you're like, okay. (laughs) And his wife. She said it, not me. So I felt safe going there. Now, listen to me. When I was in college, my, my my best friend we we were becoming friends in, in this uh, uh, when we first met. But him and some of his buddies were going to go get their their ears pierced, which was uh, not super common now as it is today. But uh, he comes from a more traditional old school family, and he was getting his new taste of freedom at Oklahoma Baptist <laughs> University and going to go crazy <laughs> and get his ear pierced. He didn't have enough money to get both, and so. Him and two other guys. One guy had enough money, got both his ears pierced. Another friend, they split the deal, and he got one, and his other friend got one. It just so happened that weekend, he was going back home to, to see his dad and uh, in Oklahoma City. He's from where I am, just up the road. And he pulled up at the same time that his dad did, and they both get out of the car. My friend's six foot four, big, big guy. And his dad, for some reason, is not six foot four. He's probably 5'10. He's shorter, but of course, you know, like a chihuahua fierce. And uh, looked at his son and as they got out of the car, I said, whoa, 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 that better be fake. And so his jaw dropped a little bit. He continued to walk on into the house. He walked into the house and he looked back at his son and Cody, my friend, said, dad, it's not fake. And he went to chewing him out. Upside down, one side to the other, chewed him out over having his ear pierced. He had to get on his tippy toes to even get up there to scream at him that he would do such an awful thing. My friend very graciously said, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry. And took it out. Never got his ear pierced again. A year later, his younger brother went even crazier and got two hoop earrings and got pierced. Went home. And the dad was like, eh, no big deal. And my, my friend was always confused by that. I was like, what's up? How could he do that with him? And I guess things had changed. Now, my friend is in Boston, Massachusetts. Pastor, his, his daughter, his oldest daughter, is a freshman at OBU. And just sent him this week a picture of a nose ring that she got. And he's like, man, full circle, here it comes. <laughs> it has come back to me. And he was very gracious to his response. And then she actually said, it's just a joke, Dad, it's a magnet. And he's like, but for him, it wasn't a big deal. But he did bring back that memory of what his dad did to him. And then how his dad kind of changed. He handled it the best way that he thought would could, that it's just a different path. We need to be really clear today. A different path doesn't mean a wrong path. It doesn't. It's just a different path. Your children may not be living out the life you've dreamed for them, but you can't let that affect the relationship in a negative way because it's not the wrong path. It's just a different path. And you need to know the difference. See, I see this play out in a lot of ways. One of them is finances. Let's say they handle money differently than you would. You cannot let that affect your relationship negatively. A lot of you want to scream and shout, what are you doing with your money? And it's just a different path. The younger generation, a little bit different. You live to work, they work to live. What what you put off for 30 or 40 years to to bust your tail, work to the grind, and and then kind of to live and travel and do that, they're, they're trying to do both at the same time. It's stereotypical, get it? And and when you're a kid, it might be a completely different scenario. I'm just saying, though, it's a different path. There are some money essentials, I really believe. We're not time to get all into that. But I think there's some non-essentials, too. I think Dave Ramsey's great, but I also know Dave Ramsey's not God. I know some of you, okay? Whoa. Actually, there's a lot of great wisdom. In fact, we do Financial Peace University. We've done it twice now, probably we'll do it a third time in the summer. And there's so much help, and we think... Is very important for you. But in the same sense, I want you to know some things are opinion, but some things are Scripture. And you need to understand, okay, it could be a different path and not the wrong path. Another different path might be your kids might wait to settle down instead of getting married, maybe younger. But the idea is they still want to succeed in marriage and family. They really do, and that's what you hope for. Is that the goal? They still want to have success there in their marriage and in their family. It may take them a little bit longer to get started, but they want to honor God in that way. Another different path might be your kids might not parent like you do because they face different challenges. We talked a little bit about this last week, but some of you, maybe that are older and your kids are grown and they bring the grandkids over and you would think, man, my grandkids would be a whole lot better if you'd let me go cut off a a switch in the backyard and take care of business. Some of you, you think that, and you have those thoughts, like "I, I would totally discipline different than you would, and I would have better situation or better grandkids. It's just a different path, different values. The best idea for you is be available. Don't criticize. Be available for any situation to step into and, and, and to invite that to say, I'm here for you. But you're not critical in that experience. A lot of you think, well, I can give great advice. I, I'm very opinionated too. I have to remind my kids, some people pay me for my advice. You get it for free. I tell Kim that, and I get slapped. <laughs> she says, that was free, too. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of advice, let's be practical for a second. I'm not advocating that. Some of you were like, I saw Brandy, like, had this idea, like, oh, I'm getting ready to slap. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, but that's not the idea I was going for. But in this series, we, we, we tried to be real practical, and so I'm going to give some application for... so. Some parents that maybe your kids will end up or currently in a situation where they're just on a different path. It's, it's not the wrong path. It's a different path. All right, we'll come to the wrong path next, but l- let me give you a couple quick tips here on dealing with those just on a different path. Number one, stop complaining about your child's generation. Now, take notes. Even if you got young kids, I mean, this will still, I believe, true for later. Okay? Stop complaining about your child's generation. There's this great... Uh, Christian thinker, leader in Canada. His name's Kerry Newov. I saw this quote from him. He said, it's hard to influence the next generation when you're constantly rolling your eyes at them. True. Be a parent that decides, okay, I want to influence the next generation and I can't do that while I'm bashing them. You can have your opinion about how bad you think that generation is, but maybe you just need to keep that to yourself. And be mature enough just to say, I want to have some influence here. And so I want this relationship to be healthy. And so I'm going to keep my mouth shut on some things and not complain about it. So that I can give good advice and wisdom in the proper context. Rules without a relationship lead to rebellion. And if you don't have that relationship, you're not going to be able to paint any picture of how life could be. And so stop complaining about your child's generation. Secondly, be the parent of the child you have, not the child you want. Be the parent of the child you have, not the child you want. This is going to help you a lot. You might need to adjust your expectations. Because I see this play out in sports. I see it play out. You so want something for your kid, but maybe that's not for your kid. And so know who your child is. Know where they are. And maybe you need to adjust your expectations. Every frustration comes from an expectation that's unmet. And you maybe verbalized it or not verbalized it. But you're probably sensing some sort of frustration because some sort of, maybe your expectation's off. So parent the child you have. Okay? Not necessarily the child you want. Number three, let them learn from experience. Let them learn from experience. And maybe we should add, without having to say, I told you so. <laughs> okay, Let them learn from experience. Sometimes experience can be a better teacher than advice, especially when the advice wasn't sought after. Right? The problem with unsolicited advice is that it usually is received as criticism. If you're always dropping your opinion, you're always giving that advice and it's never been asked, it's never been in a conversation where it's been warranted, it comes across as just being critical of who they are. It was unsolicited, it was just on your own, you throwing in what you think you wanna put in your two cents about. And I'm telling you, that can create distance and separation instead of reconciliation. So sometimes, listen. You're going to have to just kind of step back and let them learn from experience. We had this great uh, in the series. We had a message a couple weeks about uh, a couple weeks ago about going from control to influence. That's what we're trying to get to. Number four. Speak words of honor over them every chance you get. Speak words of honor over them every chance you get. Words of honor. I don't know if we know what that means. I've talked about the word honor before. I'll give you a definition. Honor means to value highly, to give esteem or worth. So you want to speak those types of words about how you value your child, okay? The amount of honor you give something is determined by how much you value it. If it's a prized possession or work of art, whatever, you're going to honor that. You're going to prize it. You're going to protect it. You're going to give it a place of honor. You need to speak words of high value over your kids, over your children. Speak those words over them. I've got a, an assistant coach It's a young adult that has longer hair, and his father comes from an old-school uh, mentality. You should not have long hair as a boy. And, uh, and so he's older and, and, and able to now pay for a haircut or not pay for a haircut, and he has chosen to let his hair be longer. He goes home, and I ask him, I said, what does your dad say since he doesn't like you? He said, every, every time I see him, he, said, he makes some sort of comment about my hair. He's always slamming me about it. I say every time, yeah, he'll say something negative about my hair. So what do you say? I just say, well, I've got something and you don't. You're losing yours. Every time we have this little back and forth. So you say, does your son have long hair? <laughs> no, I'm talking about someone else. Okay, this was not about me. But instead of speaking honor, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. It's just this one situation. It might not be in every situation. But for us, we need to understand Proverbs 18:21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Okay, you can build a garden or a grave with your words. You can produce life or death with your mouth, with your tongue, what you're speaking. And that is so true in the life of your kids. Are you building a garden or a grave? And so my question is are my words pushing my kids away or drawing them in? You need to be asking yourself as you evaluate the relationship that you have with your children, no matter what age, this is very appropriate. Uh, With what you're saying, with your words, are you drawing them in? Are you pushing them away? Am I speaking life over them? So use words that would honor them. Now, let's look at it a little differently. That's the different path. Let's talk about the child that's on the wrong path. What should I do when my child is on the wrong path? We looked at Proverbs 23, and, and we see very clearly a path that is not of God. It is not wise. It's not of the Lord. From sexual immorality, drunkardness, gluttony, making bad decisions, lack of self-control. What do we do with a child that has uh, gone down this path or currently on the wrong path? Number one, delete the narrative that keeps repeating it's too late or it's my fault. Parent, I want to free you today. Delete that narrative. Get that out of your head. Don't play the blame game. It goes nowhere. Your adult child has to take responsibility for the way they're living their life right now. Okay, let the past be in the past. Okay, you parent how you're supposed to parent now. You can't change the past. The past is done with. It's over. You made mistakes. I make mistakes. I'm not the perfect parent. You're not the perfect parent. Let's, we, we all need grace. And if you're a child in this place today, which we all are to a certain degree, give your parents grace. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm talking about just in general. You need to give grace. And you need to give yourself grace, parent, that is dealing with some, some regret, some guilt. Give yourself grace. Start today, okay? I'm gonna parent the best way that I can from now on. It's not too late. Don't say, it's my fault. Get rid of that narrative in your mind. Get rid of the, the narrative. There's nothing that can be done. Listen, there's plenty you can do, and there's nothing God can't do. So get rid of that narrative in your mind. Number two, love them unconditionally, and don't withhold love to make a point. Your love was promised to them, probably when they were babies, over and over again, I love you unconditionally. I love you so much. You probably told them, like I tell my kids, there's nothing you can do that would make me love you less. And really, there's nothing you can do that would make me love you more. You are my child. I love you unconditionally. Now live it out. Don't withhold your love to make some sort of point. I'm not saying enable. I'm not saying empower to to live a godless life. I'm saying, though, you do not withhold your love. You love unconditionally. You live that out in front of them. Show them that you mean it. Number three, share when asked, but without the condemnation. There's going to be a season, a situation, whether that's pain uh, through a a work situation or a relationship, and there's going to be that moment where you see I'm asked to step into this moment. And not me. It might be just coming to you in a situation of pain. Or it might be specifically, what do you think about this? But there's this moment that God gives. Step into it. They're asking you for your advice at this point. They're asking you for your thoughts. They're asking for wisdom. At this point, it's not unsolicited. They have asked you, they've requested for help. Step into that moment. But don't use it as a moment to paint a picture of how bad they are. Paint that picture of how good it could be. Okay, Be very careful, but step into it and give that wisdom advice. But without the condemnation, well, look what you've done. You screwed up. Step and say, okay, here's how we can go from here. Here's how God can redeem this. Here's how good can come for this. What the devil intended for harm, God can use for good. Step into that moment. A lot of mistakes parents make in that time is they're like, oh, great. My child's tender right now. This is a perfect moment. It's a soft moment. I can speak into this. And while I'm here, I'm going to bring up the 10 other things that are really irritating me about them right now. That ain't the moment. Just speak into the one moment that God has given you, and then keep that door open for future conversation. Number four, pray for them and with them. What seems the most elementary could actually be the best thing you could hear today. Pray for them and with them. Currently, in my home, my kids know, this is a home that prays. Whether it's before meals, whether it's before bed, whether it's through life situations, through sickness, school through trouble we pray we we've set that and one day when your children are grown or if it's now they're going to come back and they're going to expect hey this is a praying home i know that and so they're going to you i'm going to be prayed for while i'm here take advantage of that and pray for them and with them in those moments it's already expected and even if they want nothing to do with the lord they know you do and they know that you the, the expectation of this house we're going to pray. And so pray. Use those opportunities to speak life, to speak a prayer of blessing. Be known as a mom of prayer and a dad of prayer. So that when life is crazy, they're going to come to you because they know. My mom prays. My dad prays. It's a praying family. Pray for them and with them. Pray. I've said this a couple times. I don't know if you picked up on this theme, but I'm going to put it on the screen for you in case you missed it. There is plenty you can do, and there's nothing God can't do. Seek those moments and take advantage of those opportunities that are before you and pray with your kids. Obviously young, but boy, those older kids that maybe are on the wrong path, and they come back. Use those opportunities to pray. And I want to end today with the story of the prodigal son. Many of you know it. Some of you, maybe this will be brand new. A a son basically said, I'm tired of doing this thing with dad and and with my brother and I want to go live my own life. And he chose the wrong path. He said, dad, give me the inheritance that you were going to give me. I'm going to go take this money. And the Bible says he squanders it away in wild living, goes to partying. The wrong path. What we talked about in Proverbs 23 all played out in this one son. It's exactly what he does. We're going to pick up in verse seventeen, this is Luke fifteen, seventeen. There's a famine that has come, all the, the parting has kind of ended because there's now trouble, there's now pain. It's one of those moments where there's a drought. And there's this awakening. I love how it's put in verse 17. The very first part. When he finally came to his senses. Listen. Some of you are praying right now. That for your children. And I join you. In asking that the Holy Spirit of God. Would convict them. Even this morning. And that they would come to their senses. I prayed that for certain people. And I pray with you right now. You need to be praying that. For whoever you're thinking of. That the Lord would convict them. They would come to their senses. They would repent of their sin. Before the Father in heaven. And as you. And. Repent even in front of you as the parent. Look at verse 17 again. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. There's this awakening. Like, What in the world am I doing here? This is so dumb. Verse 18. I will go home to my father and say, very importantly, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you as my, my dad. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Just Please take me on as a hired servant. I know I've done screwed up. I admit it. I confess it. That's what I'm going to say to him. But just, just bring me in, even as a servant. I've sinned. That's important. That's the confession of a sinner. It's the confession of one having a realization. Wait, hang on. This isn't the right path. And this isn't just a different path. I'm on the wrong path. And I need to repent of that sin and turn to God. And that's what this prodigal son is saying. I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't even deserve to be the son. I didn't earn it. I'm just begging for forgiveness. Verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Why do you think the father saw him? He is looking. Looking for his boy. And he saw him. Filled with love. That's important. And what compassion he ran to a son, a very undignified thing to do for a man of his stature, to pull up the robe and and to run. But he runs to him, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Now, something interesting here. He continues to repent after the father shows him compassion. See, I really believe the safe parent wraps their arms around the child and that creates a desire to repent even more. There was a longing to see the son. There was arms open for the son. There was an embrace for the son. There was kissing for the son. There is love, compassion for the son. And that is met with this repentance. But if that child was met with judgment, that child is gonna back off. If that child is met with judgment, there's going to be a retreat. But the Heavenly Father looks for us, runs to us. And when we run to the Father and we say, I'm so sorry, I've sinned, He immediately says, you're righteous, you're forgiven, you're mine. Verse 22, but the Father said to His servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on Him. Get a ring for His finger and sandals for His feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. They're going to have a barbecue. Anyone have a barbecue tonight? They, they're having a party. Somebody you think you're going to have a good party tonight? This is a party because a son who was lost was found. A son who was dead is now alive. There's this restoration taking place back into the family, not as a hired servant, but as son. Verse 24, for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. Listen, I want to close today. I want, to, I want us to pray that there are families in this room that long for that party to get it. A restoration that would take place within that family unit from a, from a child that has gone down the wrong path. I don't know who's even listening online or this podcast, but we're, let's pray for all that this would touch, whatever ear this would get to, whatever eyeball would see it. And whoever in this room that maybe you're struggling with that would have a sweet party of restoration. to Say, hey, repentance has occurred, confession, reconciliation between the family and the child, the parent and the daughter, the parent and the son. But I also feel like maybe some of you in this room resonate with the son who went off and partied and got on the wrong path. First off, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, never. Today is the day to know that the Father is watching. He's waiting for anyone that would say, I'm going to turn to him and I'm going to go to him. And he wants to run to you, throw his arms around you and say, you're good. I forgive you. If you'll just confess, repent, I'll take you in. We'll have a party in heaven over your soul. If you would get off that wrong path and just turn to me and I'll take care of you, cleanse you up, put the robe on, put the ring on, you're mine. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, it starts right there. Whether you're a parent in this room, teenager in this room, whoever, I encourage you first to put your faith and trust in him. And so let's have a moment. Would you just bow your heads, close your eyes. If, as I just explained that, you say, John, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus, but I don't know how to, and I want to this morning. Would you pray something like this? Would you say, God, I admit I have sinned. In your heart, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, and today you're ready to run to the Father, ready to be forgiven, want to be a daughter of the King of Kings, a son of the King of Kings, you've never done that. But right now you would say, God, I admit I have sinned. I know it deep in my heart. I've done things that are wrong. And so I'm asking you, forgive me. I confess it. Forgive me of all my sin. And I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the way to heaven. I believe Jesus died for me, rose again. I believe in you. And say, in the best way that I know how, I commit to follow you. So come into my life, be my boss, be my Lord, my Master, my Savior. I confess and I believe. Save me and forgive me. But no one looking around. If you prayed that prayer, whether online, podcast, let us know. Message us through Facebook. Message us through our website. Or if you're in this room today and you put your faith and trust in Jesus, no one looking around in this moment, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me, I gave my life to Jesus today. I prayed that prayer. As a church, we want to help you. Listen, this is nothing scary. We want to encourage you and help you to be all that you can be in Jesus. It's a beautiful relationship. That's always growing and always changing me. I'm going to ask in the stillness of this room, as the band comes, if, if, if no one looking around, if you want to pray for your family, whether that's a, a son or daughter that maybe is on a path that is wrong, not just different, okay, but wrong. So I'm going to join you and pray for them. And so would you begin praying for them right now? Maybe you have younger kids and you just want to pray over them right now. Would you? So I just invite you to step into a moment when you're praying over your family. If you want to pray with a spouse or someone in this room, feel free to do that. If you want to come and make this front an altar and get on your knees before God to to do warfare over your family, feel free. The idea is that if the Lord has moved in your life, you'd respond. Maybe it's you that just need to repent. You believe in Jesus, but you've been going down the wrong way, and you just want to say, God, I do mess up. I did mess up, and I confess. Would you forgive me of my sin? Listen, same thing. You're good. He will forgive, wipe you off, and say, hey, you're mine. If you want me to pray over you, want anyone else, feel free to move around. But the band just kind of plays right now. You do business with the Lord. I just want to pray, too. Father, I pray for the wayward children that are being prayed for right now. I join the mom, the dad, praying for every child that is on the wrong path. And I pray for a come-to-their-senses moment. Pursue them, Lord. Wake them up. Help them see that where they are is not what it's cracked up to be. Help them see the emptiness. Help them see the brokenness. Help them see that it does not taste as good as it looks. And then on the other side of things, I pray they would taste and see that you are good. They would run to you. Not only do I pray they'd run to you, I pray they'd run to their earthly father and mother and confess and repent and that you would restore these families. Bring your healing healing and health upon these families. It's not too late. God, if there's breath in the lung, you can work, you can move. Help us to do the things that we need to do. Trust in God. There's nothing you can't do. Nothing is impossible for you. You continue to pray. And as the band sings, you join. This is Pastor John. Thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Church Podcast. For more information on us or if you happen to make a spiritual decision during this message, please let us know and go to our website, www.everyday.church. There's an email link that you can click on, and we would love to hear from you if there's anything going on that has happened during this message, if the Lord has spoken to you or you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if there's a prayer request or concern, then you can email us, and we would love to take the time to pray for you and respond in any way that we can. Again, thank you so much for listening. God bless.